The Dragon Ray Red is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know the Southwestern tradition for Mardi Gras is to bake a cake with a small armadillo in it and serve it at a party. And whoever gets the piece of cake with the armadillo in it spits it out because armadillos are disgusting. <laughs> I did not know that. Do, do they bake the cake with the armadillo already in it or do they insert it afterwards? Uh, yeah, with the armadillo already in it. They have a high heat tolerance. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they're shells, obviously. Right, right. They, they like it. <laughs> For more armadillo-related facts, to find out how you can access episodes a day early and to learn about our other podcasts, visit us at patreon.com slash club. Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to the Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Mike Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 6 through 10 of Knife of Dreams, book 11 of the Wheel of Time. Previously, Swan reveals Egwene's situation to her main crew, while Bayonen reveals a bunch of rebel secrets to Elida. Thanks, I hate it. We sit in on a Forsaken meeting at a fantasy olive garden where Moradin puts a hit out on Matt and Perrin. Rand is off limits, though. Uh, speaking of Perrin, our emo wolf seals a deal with the Shan Chen, trading the future Minethrin Empire for Fael. I personally wouldn't even trade an imaginary empire for Fael, oh but God. that's me. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of Fael, she finally gets her hands on the Oath Rod, then Roland offers her a different kind of rod, also an escape plan, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter 6. A Stave and a Razor. Icon of the Dice. Mm. Can I just start out by saying these chapters were banging? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Uh huh. It's it's uh after the after the last book, I gotta say that at this point I'm like I'm I'm excited to be excited about what's happening. Exactly. Again. Like yeah. I feel like I've rediscovered how great the series can be. It was fun. It was page turners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had to hype it up before we talked about it. Yeah. <laughs> so Matt is trying and failing to get Luca to hurry up because Matt is still traveling with the show with his uh, party. Yeah, this is shortly after his crossbow execution of Rena, which happened... Like yesterday. Yeah, but a long time ago in the books, I guess. Like, what? Like, two books ago? Or was that last book? I can't even remember. It was the last book. Okay. But yeah, Luca does not want to move his ass. He's just having too much fun. Yeah, so I totally remember about the whole crossbowing of Rena thing, but, you know, for the people who may not remember really well, could y'all explain it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Rena was one of the... uh, Was one of the... um, Suldam. Suldam, and she... Has had decided to go wrap them out to the, the nearby Shanchen, and they were trying to catch her, but then she got too far away, and they're like, "Oh, if she gets over that hill, we can't stop her." So Matt shoots her. Okay, right. I remember. That. Or does he shoot her? Or does he order her kill? I don't remember. I think he orders her killed. Yeah, but he, he feels her. really bad about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, Tuan's like, "That was I... super hot." So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he heads to Jurador, the uh, local town. The dice are rolling in his head. The dice continue to roll in his head. Oh, also, sorry, in addition to the dice rolling in his head, uh, every time he thinks of Rand, he gets these, like, images. Yeah. Except some of them are of, like, Min and Rand super boning. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is so awkward. You know, he's like, they just don't stop. And I was just thinking, like, motherfucker, you got a pregnant wife, like, in another country right now. And, like, she can tell when you're having sex with someone else. Come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently well, <laughs> everybody knows when Rand's having a good time. Yeah. Right, yeah. Even even people that aren't directly bonded to him. Right. I just, I just feel like this would be, like, a really awkward thing if, like, every time you think of your friend, you see whatever he's doing, and he's, like, sometimes boning his, yeah. you know, 
As one a, of his wives. Yeah. yeah. I like the bit where he thinks about him and he sees him and men naked. He's like, oh, crap, I better not think about Rand. And then he thinks about him again. Can we call it Randy Rand Radio? Randy Rand Radio? That's pretty yeah. good. I like that. <laughs> yeah. At one point, he had a pretty good quote where Matt thinks of himself, he hated taking chances. Except with gambling, of course. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Oh, that is a lot of that, though, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he takes chances all the time. He's yeah. the chance-taking guy. It's I know. kind of what he's known for. Even I mean, back in the Two Rivers, remember when he like un- he cut open that firework? <laughs> That's <laughs> a good point, yeah. That was a serious chance, Matt. Yeah. Or, you know, all those times he like let badgers loose on the town common. Like, those things could have been rabid. He doesn't know. Yeah, risk-taking is like one of his personality traits, I'd say. Right? Yeah. And he buys a bow stave, which is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So this is Black U, which is something that you apparently don't find out of the two rivers. And yeah. it's what they used to make their longbows. And it's just like, huh, just randomly finds this thing that, uh, yeah, that's very Matt, you know? Yeah. yeah. Guess his luck is still going strong. He's looking for a horse. And uh, he eventually finds a good one after checking a bunch of stables. There's a really entertaining scene of him dickering with the horse trader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you've got to dicker. Scene. Yeah. you got to dicker. Yeah, yeah. I, I liked how he's going through this city and he's thinking about how out of his element he is and how Altara, you know, they're too violent. They freak him out. But when he's dickering with this horse guy, he's like, oh, there's a language. i got to speak the language for this guy. <laughs> like, he's in his element here. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty funny. And yeah, th- apparently this is, uh, again, another rarity. You know, f- he finds the black U from, the, for, but this, uh, this horse is called a razor, which is a apparently a very good thing for a horse to be. I don't know about horses. But uh, but yeah, it's something that they only have in Arad Duman, and only the Dumani Bloodborne have them. So it's like yeah, a very rare horse. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be analogous to like an Arabian horse. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I was uh, I was trying to picture it, and I, there aren't, we don't have horses that look like this. It's like a zebra, essentially, but like, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I don't know. Yeah. yeah. It was cool, though. I was wondering, like, so does Robert Jordan know about Horse buying? Honestly, he, Robert Jordan seems to know a little bit about a lot of things, yeah. so it would not surprise me if he yeah. did. He it reminded everything. me of like that whole blacksmithing scene that we loved so much, you know? Like yeah. this insight into this really interesting, specific yeah, trait. Yeah, the, the way that Matt checks out the horse and was able to determine its traits by the way it's shaped and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Very neat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, most of this chapter is kind of recap, because I, I guess, you know, theoretically, somebody might have gone three years or five years between the last book and this one. Mm-hmm. And so then Matt goes to see Tuon, and he's got a, a new tactic. He's <laughs> going to give her a crappy name. Yeah. Uh-huh. If he's toy, she's going to be precious. I kind of liked it. I felt like he was taking his own back a little bit there. Yes. Actually. I don't know. I feel like precious is a lot nicer than toy. I don't know. Well, yeah, because he's over-nicing it. Because if he was like, what's up, bitch? Like, it would make <laughs> him look bad. But if he's calling her precious, it makes him look better. And they're maybe they're like, oh, that's kind of sweet. Which is just going to piss her off more. Oh, yeah. okay. That's true. I think this is a good move. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Noel is there. He's telling stories of Ayad, which is different from Shara, I suppose. I get it all confused. Yeah. we Well, we've never seen these places. We just know they're on the other side of the Ayo Waste. So, yeah. you know, I, I don't know what they are. Yeah. And, and Matt's like... Who are you, Jane Farstrider? And he's like, No. no. <laughs> he's like, No, that was my cousin. Who like went off and left my wife. I mean, his wife, who he totally <laughs> loved and died. Yeah, this, like this an is, asshole. This is like, my cousin who told me all about everything that he knows, so I know everything he knows. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is the, the. I think this is the first 
time we've known anything about Noel's identity, right? Like, he's been kind yeah. of mysterious, but knowledgeable. This was very surprising to me. I thought Jane Farstrider was like Birgitta. That's exactly what, That's I, what thought. I thought. That's what I thought, too. Like, I thought another a age, right? A long time ago, yeah. yeah. I thought it was a character from another age. But Although it is a, there's a book, a specific book that's about him. Sure, but I feel like in this like time though, like it would take a really, really long time for books to become famous and well known because it take forever that for them to like spread out, you know? Yeah, that's this, true. Yeah. yeah, this does seem to be kind of a ubiquitous book too, mm-hmm. right? Like that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, so. they even had it in like the Two Rivers, like the back of Beyond. So exactly. So I'm, yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm, um, and how starts, old is this guy? <laughs> right, right, yeah. He starts to say some very intriguing stuff when he's cut off by a warning from Julian. The Shanshan are here. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Chapter 7. A cold medallion. Icon of the Adam. So, by the way, again, uh, has been renamed. Yeah. Fuck the Shanshan. This is super frustrating. And yeah. I, 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 just, like, I have trouble with this because I guess again is embracing it. So she wants to be called Leowen Shipless, which seems like a pretty fucking insulting name for someone who like prides herself on being like ship's captain yeah um but yeah yeah it's like it's kind of it's just this like shanshan hierarchy where your name defines who you are and you can be like you can be like torn away from you and yeah there it is i know it's really they suck i'm I'm sorry i'm really confused i know she changed her name so it's because tuan told her to change her name yeah yeah. oh okay okay. there was there was that scene where Matt brings Ganon in to like help him with Shan Chen stuff against yeah. Tuan, and mm-hmm. Tuan's like, "Fuck you! Your name is now Lailwind Shipless." Okay, God, and my memory's so bad. Sorry. Yeah. Well, it was you know, it was from the other book. The other book? Okay. Yeah. It wasn't this book. Well, no, no. I mean, like the book that we've all forgotten. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's it's Tuan was it was kind of like a backhanded like demotion that was very mm-hmm. off. Well, it was kind of offhand in the moment, but it seems to have like really wrecked Ganon's world. Yeah, Which seems to be a thing with the Shanchen. Like their their blood uh, do things like this without on yeah, There's just massive cruelty in the system. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Then uh, speaking of which, in this chapter, yeah, there's a there's a confrontation with some Shanchen soldiers who try to bust into the show without paying. And the circus folks show their displeasure with bats, which is really a, a very effective way to convey displeasure. I think. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of rescued by a standard bearer of the Shanchen. Who, who sort of diffuses the situation. Mm-hmm. And she also attempts to do some recruiting. She's like, hey guys, you want to join up? And Matt's like, uh, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nice try. And then Matt interrupts an altercation between the Aes Sedai and the Suldam. Yeah. I, who so, are channeling. So Jolene is beating up one of the Suldam, like just slapping her in the yeah. face violently so, as she's crying. Yes, that yeah. is what is happening. Yes. And... We find out later that that's because that Suldam attacked her first. But what Matt comes in and, and sees her just clocking Bethamen, and he interrupts, and he resolves this situation by himself grabbing Jolene and spanking her as hard as he can. Well, she does take a swing at him. Like, he attempts to intercede, and she she hits him, like, as hard as she can. Yeah, she does. That's but, true. But then, yeah, he, uh, he resolves it by giving her a... What might be too long of a spanking? In fact, like, he's like, I'm spanking her, and then I'm gonna keep yeah. spanking. Like, and she's okay. wearing a lot of skirts. I'm not sure she can feel it, so I'm really gonna spank her. This is a that's okay, man. That's that's a little weird. Yeah, and then he then he tells her off. Yeah, finally, because these people are just the worst. And also, they're channeling a whole lot. And if the Shan Chen are around, that's a terrible idea. Yeah, these I said I seem really stupid. Yeah. yeah, and apparently this whole thing started because Jolene wanted to go look at the Shan Chen. She's like, oh, the Shan Chen. I'm gonna go check him out. It's like, dude. Yeah. Do you, well, she. 
She doesn't know. Like, uh, the other two I sit out here with them, they were actually collared, so they know yeah. how horrible this is. But, but they, she should. She has had enough exposure to the Shan Shan and to these people who were collared that she should know at this point. Yes. Yeah. But but that's the point at which Bethamine channeled at them, so uh, I guess that's what led to this whole situation. But yeah. Bethamine is pretty distraught by the whole thing because, you know, channeling for her on, for her is, is pretty uh, horrifying. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All in all, it was sort of a, I would say, a, a little bit of a ridiculous and kind of confusing scene. It was confusing. It was so confusing. Yeah, it's, I mean, the, it's resolved now they basically have to teach Bethaman, which yeah. they didn't want to do because they were just like, screw her, let her die. But then, you know, that's not cool either. So, and, and because it's, remember that she'll die if she channels, if nobody teaches her how to channel. Yeah, she'll right. get like the, ch- the sickness or whatever that happens to people. It's not, not the, isn't that what, it ha- ha- what happens? It's like they get a fever or something yeah, like that? Yeah, they can get super sick and die, but it looks like more it's just, she's just a, a massive uh, liability to them. Right, yeah. Also true. It also reveals the effects of Matt's medallion. Mm. Because they try and channel at him, because of course they do. Well, we knew that for a long time, though, that it just went super cold when people oh, tried to oh, channel but it. they didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, they didn't know that, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Aes Sedai there didn't know about this until now, and uh, now their interest yeah. has peaked in a very unfortunate and, way. Uh, yeah, I agree. Like, this scene, I, it was cathartic because I, w- I would like to scream at these people, too. I think they're acting like total jerks, but also he spanked her? Yeah. yeah. That was a little, I mean, yeah, that was pretty weird. That's the only way that Robert Jordan is okay with men having violence against women, be- being physically violent. Yeah. Which feels kind of um, infantilizing, but okay. For sure. Yeah. Whatever. Um, but either way, uh, they, at that point, they start arguing, and Matt uses that uh, confusion to bail. Because that's, <laughs> that's really the best thing <laughs> you can do at that thing. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, but not before Satal Anon mentions, like, oh, you, you must have a Terran Grial. Like that one that Cad Swain has. Yeah. Uh, I heard. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. I don't... No, we, we did. Do we, do we yeah, it's one the ones she wears in her hair. Okay, I, I guess I forgot that she had a, a channeling blocker. Yeah, it's not, I think it's just a channeling trigger or something like that. Oh. Yeah, or maybe she doesn't always use it. I don't understand. Exactly. Yeah. I think it was like a hair comb in the shape of a burger or something. I thought that was one for detecting something. Oh, but she, ha- she has a bunch of them. So, she does. Yeah. So chapter eight, dragon's eggs, icon of the Avendisora leaf. Remember that? <laughs> I do. Yeah. <laughs> I was happy to see the Tinkers again. I was like, hey guys, what's up? So the, the, the show ends up actually leaving the next day, which Matt couldn't get to hurry along, but this encounter with the Shan Shan soldiers did. Yeah, Petra has kind of an insightful explanation that I actually kind of like. He's like, basically when locals mess with you, you got to get out of town because they're gonna, it's only going like, to go downhill from there, you know? Yeah. They'll probably up. escalate. Yeah. And they make a slow progress across Altara. You know, uh, Matt's, like, lamenting how slow they're going, and I'm actually starting to feel for Matt. Like, I didn't expect Jordan to put a layer of, uh, of paint on a travel chapter and try to call it a circus chapter, you know? But I feel, <laughs> feel like that's sort of where we are. It's like, you can't fool me, Jordan. I see what you're doing there. This is definitely a travel chapter. Yeah. <laughs> going from town to town. The old towns look the same. Uh, yep, yeah, we're at this other one. It's yeah. another town. And Matt has figured out Aludra's riddle about the bell founder. Mm-hmm. Except he sort of hasn't. Yeah, he. I mean, he's like he has like forty percent of it. I would guess he's like, I guess you're going to use it to make a shooting tube. And she's like, Yeah. He's like, Why though? It's like, Definitely. Yeah, yeah. 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 She, not that smart. She takes pity on him. Yeah. and explains mm-hmm. cannons. Yeah, yeah, but not tra- but not cannons. She's going to call them dragons. Right. Which maybe, maybe someone should warn her that that name's already taken. Yeah, that raises a question to me. A question that I've asked before. 
what is the mythology of dragons in this world? That's exactly question. what I wrote in my notes. Because like we know that the dragon reborn, as far as they know, is is Rand, right? It's a guy. It's a yeah. guy's name. Yeah. yeah. So do they? And the, no one recognizes the banner with the dragon. Right. They say on. it's just lizard, like a lizard, like looking right. or a lion so, lizard or whatever. So why would she call these things dragons? What? What mythology is she drawing drawing from? Where does that word come from? That's what I was wondering. I think we've established that this age doesn't have mythology of like the dragon creature. So yeah, she must be naming him after Rand. <laughs> right. <laughs> you yeah. know how Rand shoots fireballs. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> That's why Wayne's pregnant with twins. <laughs> That's true. Shoot that dragon fire. Anyway, she explains the concept of dragons, which are cannons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Matt's like, that sounds great. Can I have some of those? And like, well, you can't afford them. And he's like, what if I told you I know a guy that owns the whole world? <laughs> he's like, I, he says something like, what if I what if I told you I could get somebody who could take every bell founder between like, these cities that that Rand owns and have them converted to making these dragons? And she's like, who's that? And she's like, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Matt recruits the crap out of her for sure. Yeah, and she yeah. joins him because she hates the Shan Shan and wants to blow him up with her cannons. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I guess that's a, at oh, this yeah. point that's a reasonable, you know. I aim. like Ludra. She's moving up my rankings of favorite characters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then that night, he has a very grim dream about the future of gunpowder-based warfare. Which uh, I mean, to be fair, <laughs> it's you know, yeah, kind of ominous. Yep. And then uh, then we find out that Lailwen and Domon got married. Yeah, good yeah. for him. I guess now that she got demoted, she feels okay about marrying him? Yeah. Her I, slave? It's Well, she's, he's not her slave anymore because she got demoted. And it's the Shan Chan rules are now that they're like, they're okay now. They're equals. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... it's it's. I guess I, I guess I sort of understand it because the, we've, as we've established, Shan Chan's hierarchy is like so internalized that they, like they, they believe it like with everything that they are. Yeah. But just... The, the idea that she still holds to that hierarchy despite being so like horribly screwed over in this way it's frustrating to me because you know she's better than that but but at least uh, at least they got married in the end yeah Domon's yeah. too good for her <laughs> Bill Domon is pretty badass yeah, yeah he's cool uh, either way Matt gets evicted and apparently he's back on the market ladies <laughs> I mean I guess I guess they saved it to marriage well I mean I mean, he, we know he didn't, right? I mean, well, but, I mean, Bill Domon and and Lailwin. Oh, oh, yeah, the, no! Since I don't, the three of them were sharing a, I don't. I think it's established that they definitely didn't, right? Like, I'm pretty sure that they and, had. And why does Matt all of a sudden now get kicked out of there? Because they were. I, that's a good question. Like, I, I guess they were before they got married. They were like, well, I guess we can hold back on the the boning. But once they got married, they're like. Dude, we got some business to catch up on now. That's <laughs> right. Nothing can stop us now. Yeah, I, I don't think... I think... I'm pretty sure that they were already boning before this, but now they're going to bone even more. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah. He do be doing his wife. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, they're, Matt's traveling for a while. It's a travel chapter, like you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, he's trying to pursue Tuon, who's being very difficult. Yeah, during he's he's doing these nightly games of stones. Which I think he's been doing since the last book as well. Yeah, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he talks about how it's like a good way to get to know her, and also he has this whole thing about if he if she feeds him, then eventually she's going to get used to feeding him. And I don't know. It's, I liked that. Yeah, I thought that was funny. pretty clever. Yeah, um, but Tuan begins this like really interesting line of questioning. You know, he's like, "What do you know about the Dragon Reborn?" He's like. What does anyone know about the dragon reborn? <laughs> yeah, and she's and she's like, oh well, how about the horn of Valir? Yeah, like, oh, oh, yeah. 
oh, did they did they find that? Because I heard that was was that lost. <laughs> pretty, sure they, pretty sure that one's lost mm-hmm. for yeah, all time. I, I assume she's onto him because of whatever prophecy she's got. That's what I was thinking. Is it seems to me that the reason she's asking these questions is because she knows certain things about the man she's supposed to marry and I, I think I think she's hoping it's him you know but mm-hmm. I don't know did we know the part about how he must kneel to the crystal throne before Tom and Gadon I the, think we've heard that before yeah Sean Chan have mentioned that prophecy mm-hmm. and we'll see but in my opinion that's a BS prophecy right it, unless it means something different than we than we think you know I, I, well I, the, in my mind and we'll see what happens it's like a a prophecy that they they, they have a prophecy that the dragon reborn shows up and fights Tom and Gadon and the the empress and the court are all like, well, actually, also, it says he has to kneel to us. Mm-hmm. You know? It's possible, yeah. Yeah. But I, do, I don't think we've seen many examples of people subverting prophecy in that way, like, like coming up with fake prophecies to like meet That's their aims. true. That doesn't happen very much. Yeah. Which is not to say it can't, and, and if anyone would do it, it's Sean Chan, but I, I wonder if instead there will be some like alternative, right. you know, much like Elida's like, Interpretations are all, oh yeah, the Armalin's gonna, that mm-hmm. means I'm gonna win. And then, uh, right. oh yeah, the, the throne of Camelot's involved. Is that much yeah, be well, a you know, It like, turns out that the, the result of the prophecy is that when Rand goes to the Crystal's throne, it's still covered in blood because Samir Haj killed the entire crew. <laughs> and he like slits in the blood. And <laughs> he kneels down, he's like, oh, that's a finger. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get this really sweet scene where you start to really, really like Tuan a lot. Because yeah. he gives her the horse, yeah, his special horse. horse. Yeah, like when when Matt gives her the horse, you can immediately tell he nailed it, right? Like mm-hmm. she's she's a horse person. He bought her a really good horse. Well played, sir. Yeah, you know how horse people are. One of the sets of dice in his head stops rolling. rattling. And yeah, I am starting to roll my eyes at this dice rolling. Yeah, thing. like we're really getting a little carried away with this thing. He's like, oh, I guess that other time when it got a little quieter, that was one of the sets of dice. But I don't know how many sets of dice are rolling in my head. But there's a lot of them. It's like yeah. okay. I mean, it used to be just sort of this vague feeling that something was going to happen, but now it's like he's got specific information about the number or quantity of dice. <laughs> I also remember we had that talk about prophecies. I don't think Matt would be doing any of this if he hadn't gotten that prophecy that he was going to marry too long. No, oh, not yeah, for sure. Not even close. So this is pro- might be prophecy influencing events as opposed to events influencing yeah, prophecy. Yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. a funny thing. And now he's working extremely hard to make this prophecy come true even though he's not that into it himself because he thinks it's inevitable because he heard the prophecy yeah, yeah. and it's and it, it's not just Matt though right because Tuan's got the same situation where she's heard this prophecy and like she's like watching Matt and like learning about him and like oh he's the guy you know yeah. so it's it's almost like uh, these two prophecies have been like jamming them together right so this, is, this kind of feeds my theory that prophecies are one of the ways that the pattern shapes itself, right? Yeah. The pattern wanted these people to get together for whatever reason. If, in fact, they are prophecy, because remember, this one is th- this thing that Matt learned he got from the Elfin, right? No, it's true, yeah. And they, or, they, it, or the Elfin. I get them confused. Is it, are the Elfin the snakes or the foxes? Just, just say it ambiguously. Elfin! Yeah, you're right. And they, they live kind of crosswise to the pattern, so... So they could be agents of the pattern, they could be, like, they could have a view of the pattern, it's hard right. to say. But then Matt and Tuan go riding. Uh, with Seleucia. Yeah, with uh, Seleucio, <laughs> the, the, the cock blocker. Yeah. Clam oh, jammer. I, this is the clam jammer. I, okay, I thought while reading this, a really funny word for that would be a, a taco blocko. <laughs> <laughs> I can honestly say I've never heard that one. That's fantastic. That's good. <laughs> yeah, this is like a classic horse flirting scene. You know, they're racing each other only to stop in a romantic clearing with the remnants of a long dead civilization. You know, it's so romantic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it is actually a really nice scene. Yeah. Uh, 
Until Matt remembers that, oh, yeah, I died here. <laughs> no, that's super cool. I thought, I mean, it was interesting for sure, yeah, but it well, kind of spoils the mood a little I bit. I love that Robert Jordan thing where he's like, we're in a clearing with a bunch of rocks and stuff. And then all of a sudden he realizes it's, a, it's this statue buried under the ground. And he realizes, of course, that he remembers this statue. Yeah. And he's died there, I think, like twice. Yeah, he's like, on this almost exact spot. It's like, I think I took an arrow to the throat. Yeah. <laughs> Brutal. And Tuan's like, uh, what's up? And he's like, uh, nothing. <laughs> he's going to have to tell her about that at some point, I suppose. And it just really freaks him out because he's trying to figure out, like, how, what is the nature of these memories that are actually implanted in him? Yeah, he, he does some supposition and deduction based uh, about the memories. Yeah. Like, he, he figures that the... Foxy people, the foxy people give him the memories, right? Yeah, the foxy people give him the memories. The snake people were the ones who answered his questions. Right, yeah. The, the foxy people probably couldn't get memories from people who hadn't, un- unless they had already been there, right? They, mm-hmm. they, they didn't, the foxy people don't go out in the world and get the memories from people that are dying somewhere. So probably those are all people that, and he has no memories of childhood. Yeah. So these are the memories of people that visited the foxy people and that, like, they were able to observe and, and get their memories after that, after they had left the Foxy place. And so that they are probably watching him through his memories somehow. Yeah. To me, that's like a little bit of like a, of an over, over assumption, but you know, yeah. I mean, that's fine. There's some leaps there in yeah. my opinion. Um, because that, I mean, Matt, you have no idea how these people work. Yeah. Mm-mm. Or what, what, the, what they want, like any of this stuff, like, oh Yeah. Yeah. He, if you recall, when he was there, he wasn't actually paying that close attention to what they were saying. Yeah, definitely. He was, he was like, mostly shouting at them. Yeah, he was busy. And they, yeah, so but the, his conclusion is that the, he thinks the foxy people are recording his memories. And then on the way back, they encounter some tinkers. Yeah. Who are rescuing Tuon because they, they saw him chasing her through the woods. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually kind of appreciated this because, like, they're just making sure everyone's okay, you know? Like, yeah. they show up and they, like, crowd him and he's like, oh, man. They, they they wouldn't they wouldn't hurt me, but they'll just like crowd around me until the the girls can get away or whatever. Like, that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. Tinkers, yeah, that's you know? pretty solid of them. Mm-hmm. I always like the tinkers. But they're heading to Ibudar because they've heard that the Shanshan lands are peaceful. Yeah, that is an interesting, an interesting, an interesting concern, right? Like, so it's true. We know that the Shanshan they police and enforce laws in a way that uh, the other countries and and kingdoms don't, right? So. Theoretically, you could you could argue that the tinkers would be safer there, right? Because they don't they don't bother anyone. They're just yeah, like they, going around doing their thing. They think so, and I think Robert Jordan thinks so. Yeah, but I don't think so. I don't think you're safer in a, a military occupation. It's hard to say what Robert Jordan thinks because I, I think it, it feels that way. It feels like he paints the Shanchen as positive and heroic in some lights because of this, this like keeping order thing that they do. But but Matt also says. This comes at a price, so it's hard to say if Robert jo- if Robert Jordan has that like security versus freedom kind of thing uh, at play here. Yeah, yeah, but also remember, like when the Shanchen show up in places, they don't try to take over the local culture and impose their own on top of it. So I could see how that could be a positive for the Tinkers as well, that they can still keep their own culture and way of life. It's they true. think, at least. Yeah, you if, know. if that holds, then that would actually be pretty good because they don't get that almost anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. but I've. I've been under the impression that that's only true because the Shanchen haven't colonized yet. And when they move their settlers in and they start to, you know, contend over land and resources, then things might change. Yeah. That's a good point. Though the tinker don't, tinkers don't hold land or, or resources, really, right? So right. might be okay. Oh, although they do have a lot of horses. Yeah. And the, the, the Shanchen, Shanchen do seem to like to take horses. horses. Yeah. So chapter nine, a short path. Icon of the wheel of time. 
Matt's doing a little intel gathering on his future wife. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think we've all done like the classic background check slash PI investigation on a potential romantic partner, right? Right, yeah. He, he asks, he tries to get some advice from Lailwyn, yeah. who is not a good person to get advice from no. about this. Uh, he mentions, he says to her that uh, trying to get a bead on her is like fishing blindfolded and barehanded in a briar patch trying to catch a rabbit. <laughs> What? That sounds poor. I mean, that's a that's a pretty elaborate metaphor. Yeah. You mean both at once? You're fishing barehanded and blindfolded, and you're trying to catch a rabbit? You're fishing in a briar patch? Matt, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to... Yeah, well, either way, uh, what he learns is not super encouraging, I bet. Yeah. You know, it's, it's something we don't already know, but... Yeah. But basically, like, she's killed at least two of her siblings, and right. she's been trained from birth in both armed and unarmed combat, and spycraft. Yeah. She's a real fun lady. She's like an extremely dangerous super politician. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not great news for Matt. Right. And uh, and she says, well, the, that horse was a really good play because it's traditional in Shanshan wooing to give somebody a really nice gift that you think they'll like. Like, really? really? <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, there's actually another aspect to this because she also says if you are courting somebody who's higher station than you, then you should make it something exotic or rare. And that's like, I think that's the point that she's making is like, I it's guess, not just a nice horse. It's a razor. I guess, but like, of course this is a good <laughs> for anybody that likes horses. This is, this is not like a secret Shan Shan technique. <laughs> Give them a, a nice rare thing that they, they were, will be surprised by and will like, like, come on. Yeah. It does that everywhere. Well, I've just been giving like, you know, people I like just like <laughs> old pizza, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this pizza. It's like, you know, a couple weeks old. But... Yeah, right. It was pretty good when I ate it. <laughs> And the Aes Sedai are teaching the Suldam uh-huh. as they go along. Um, they're also doing that stupid thing that Elaine did, I, where I they this. attack Matt constantly, trying to, I don't know, steal his his medallion, trying to to hurt him or find ways to hurt him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, oh man. Okay, so the Aes Sedai. I, I was thinking like, okay, they don't maybe deserve to die for this, but like, ditch him. You, yeah. you don't need to protect them anymore. Yeah. Leave them to the Shanshan if they are going to be so dangerous and, and contemptuous. Of you. Well, it's yeah. not just that. So so they discover his loophole and, and you know, try different things attacking with the one power. But isn't that a violation of their oath? Like, they're not allowed to use their thing as a weapon unless they're in some kind of danger, right? Like, this is a... Yeah, that's a good point. They're yeah. just like, like... Like, it was one thing when... Was it Elaine who did it, you said? Yeah. Previously, mm-hmm. when they were, when, you know, people who hadn't taken the oaths, but these people have taken the oaths. They shouldn't be, they shouldn't be doing this, right? Mm-hmm. Either way, it's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Plus, they got a couple of warders hanging around too. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And yeah. And, and they they have the like as as you mentioned, they're also trying to shake him down to take his Tarangriel. They're yeah. like, oh, this should be. Oh yeah, that belongs to us. Fuck you. Yeah. Like an Isidai. Yeah. They are, they are the worst, and he saved them. Like right? he saved them from like a fate worse than death. To, yeah, and oh, they have yeah. shown like zero gratitude at all. I hate these. Yeah. We get a little bit of background about Mistress Anand. Yeah, and yeah. what she does is she asks to see the Terangriol, and he's like, "Oh, sure." No one else has ever asked that before, yeah. right? They, right? They've they just tried. To, yeah, they've yeah. threatened him. They've tried to like steal it from him. But yeah, she's like, "Can I just look at it?" it? And he's like, "Yeah, I mean that's fine." Yeah, sure, no problem. Yeah, <sighs> uh, but in this conversation, we learn that she was an Aes Sedai who was stilled. Yeah. Which, considering the severity of that penalty, I wonder what she did. Do we know yeah. who she is? No, we don't know who she is. Yeah, okay. I, I didn't think so. Like, right. they don't still just anyone, right? I kind of have a hunch that she's she's caught up in that 
unpleasantness from 20 years ago with the red Aja. That's that my suspicion sense. as well. Like, I, I was like, is, she, work out, right? is yeah. she a former uh, like Omerlin seat or something? Like, I don't know, you know? I don't think she would have been an Omerlin seat. Yeah, she could be because there was that one Omerlin seat that disappeared died or, or so, disappeared or yeah, something. Yeah, that, well, it's unclear because, well, like I said, either like, oh, we don't talk about the things that we don't like to talk about, right? Yeah. So nobody knows, right? But but yeah, I, whatever it is, she she has a history. And it, t- it further makes the whole thing. There is the whole mythos that whenever and I said I still they like die, right? Yeah. Yeah. She she obviously is you know there and she created a life for herself and is doing pretty well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's one of the reasons she's so cool. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's I said I have also begun harassing Tuan yeah. throughout this entire trying to pressure her to broker a treaty with the Shan Shen. Yeah, because they found out she's some kind of Shan Shen noblewoman. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I actually I have a little bit of trouble with this because on the one hand, the Ice and I are just like such shitheads, right? Mm-hmm. But Tuan is like ignoring them because she's treating them like animals, basically, right? She's like. Oh, I, I don't talk to yeah. you know. You're you're beneath humans, so I'm not going to talk to you. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I'm just like I don't know I don't know whose side I would take in this particular conflict, but I don't like either of them, you know. Yeah, I I, I would take two on side, but I don't like it because I we'll get into it. I'm against two on. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, yeah, I mean, like we because can't... because of what happens just right after this, like yes. they yes. keep pushing her and pushing her, and she traps them in her wagon and snaps. Adam collars onto all three of them. Yeah, yeah, I said holy shit out loud when yeah. I read that happened. Yeah, I, I was like, I was, I was, I was a little conflicted. Jolene is horrible, but I am not going to condone like this slavery thing, you know? Right? Yeah. Like she traps it, and she's like, she's not just oh, this is a you know leave me alone kind of thing. She's like, okay, now you're my slaves, you know? Like she, she's like, right, you're she, my property now, and I'm going to train you. Puts on the bracelet herself and starts like torturing Jolene. Yeah. yeah. And I, in my opinion, the meter just went to negative five on two on. Mm-hmm. She's utter garbage. Yep. Yeah, because I had started, I had started kind of liking her. You know. Yeah. I thought that the the whole like horse riding scene was super charming, and then yeah, right. just that and you're like, oh wait a minute, you're a horrific slaver. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's the thing, right? Like, uh, you know, Matt Matt handles the whole thing the way only Matt can. You know, she like tries to turn her the the ice die on him, and he's like, that doesn't work on me. And just like <laughs> yeah. goes and just takes the collars off, talks the whole situation down. But this is why you don't canoodle with slavers, man. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is who she said she was, right? This, this yeah, she, she hasn't yeah. lied, you know. She's it, there, it surprised there, me, but it shouldn't have. There was a fucked up line talking about how Tuan was just completely ignoring the Aes Sedai. She saw two escape Domine and a Marath Domine, and she had no use for either until they were decently collared. Her phrase that mm. Jesus. Yeah. Come on, gross. Tuan. Just gross. She's a slaver. Yeah. I yeah. can't like you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And this means that of course she can channel. Right. Yeah. Well, we knew we knew this. Yeah, we knew that she was. She's. She's. She takes pride in the fact that she took the the test and like right. trains her own. Uh, uh, and, and Matt mentions that to her, and she's like, "Oh, yeah, but I choose not to, so that I'm better than them, or whatever." Which doesn't doesn't make any sense at all. Mm-mm. No. Uh, it, this is. Yeah, I guess this is another frustrating example of like the the double thinking that the Shanchen do. You know, even even now, even though Tuan knows this, like she's she's known this before. Like this is not new information that 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 uh, Suldan can channel. Uh, just you know, choose not to learn. But yeah. but yeah, she refuses to like see the the irony or the you know yeah the hypocrisy yeah. of this. But, yeah, Matt talks them all down. Um, even though of course Tuan tries to get him with the power, mm. um, and he takes the Adam and he buries him. Yeah. Good. Just something. Yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah. Well done, Matt. You've been, you've uh, worked your way through some very difficult, tense situations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
with more, uh, yeah, more grace than I would have thought from Matt. So maybe he's growing. There yeah. you go. Oh, yeah. Matt. <laughs> Chapter 10, A Village in Shiota. With a new symbol. Yeah, this is a new one. Icon of snakes and foxes. Yeah, yeah I actually kind of like this symbol. The, yeah, little, the upside down triangle. I guess this is the symbol that uh, that Olver was talking about. Like yeah. Drawing a triangle and squiggle. Right, snakes and foxes thing. Yeah. Um, so I guess standing up to Tuan and stopping her from enslaving people he was protecting made an impression on Tuan. You know? They yeah, opened up yeah. to each other a little bit. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, um, huh. They're kind of talking to each other. They're kind of chatting. She mentioned some interesting folklore about the snakes and foxes. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Do you believe that if you sleep under old Hobbs Hill under a full moon, the snakes will give you true answers to three questions? Or that the foxes steal people's skins and take the nourishment from the food so you could starve to death while eating your fill? I was like, oh, shit. Wow, yeah. <laughs> like, we actually uh, know exactly what she's talking about. Right. And these are not necessarily uh, fairy tales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny because uh, when Matt hears this stuff, he's like, that is concerning because I know what all those things mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then they come upon a village, um, and they, we are treated to a horror show. Oh, my God. No. They, so they, they ride up, and, and, and Matt's like, this place seems familiar for some reason. You know, something about this is, like, tickling my brain, which is always a bad sign with Matt. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, of his memory thing. But then, like, a merchant rides up, right? Yeah, just an unrelated a peddler. peddler yeah, shows he's... up to the village and starts trying to pedal to him. And Matt realizes too late that there's something very, very wrong with this village. Mm-hmm. And then the whole thing starts sinking into the ground with the peddler with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the people there are all dead. They're part of the, whatever this ghost thing that's happening is. But the peddler gets sucked down with them and he's screaming uh, and they can't help him. Matt, yeah. Matt's trying to decide if he's going to just shoot him to like yeah. put him out of his misery. Well, he thinks he would, but his bow's not ready. That's and, right. And yeah. fixed it, hadn't finished it yet. Yeah. So and then they they all just sit there and watch the whole the whole town disappear and the peddler go screaming into wherever. Yeah, and it uh, freaks everybody out. Yeah, yeah, understandably. So this is this is the first time the ghosts have been outright dangerous, right? Like up until now they've been sort of like visions or or illusions, but yeah. And I guess in this case the ghosts themselves didn't do anything, but whatever they came from or wherever they came from, he got pulled into it. So yeah, that was my second. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> and. The uh, the show almost turns back, but they don't. Yeah, this is the I, I actually kind of love this. The circus folk are understandably spooked by this whole thing, but Luca just like I guess he like rolls a natural twenty on his persuasion check. He <laughs> yeah. just like he's just walking out. It's like, come now, folks. If we turn around, this is going to be terrible. But let me tell you about the wonder of the city of Lugard, yeah. and then on from there is Camelin. And then on, you know, it's just like yeah. he's like doing his showman thing, and it's just I'm like, I'm Matt's listening to this, and he's like, I heard Lugard was a shithole, <laughs> <laughs> and these guys have been there before. What is this? But it's Luca's just doing such an amazing job of talking him into it. Yeah, this is pretty funny. Uh, this guy, you know, Luca. Yeah. So they keep on going. Uh, Leowin and Domon make up with Julin and Thera. Yeah. Because apparently they had some conflict. Yeah, you know, everyone's like kind of shook over what happened. So Matt and his friends have some wine and they have a board game night. I was like, <laughs> I was like this is hilarious. So they're like playing stones. Oliver brings his like snakes and ladders in there. Yeah. Or snakes and foxes. And they're mm-hmm. yeah, just hanging around playing games. You know. Yeah. Oh, he orders his uh, butlers to go get drunk. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> an order. Yeah. So I was in, I was pretty into that little scene. It was right, cute. Right. Yeah. So the other the other couples they go off on a couples date, which is nice. Mm-hmm. And then Matt asked Tom about the letter that he keeps reading. Yeah. And we finally get some info there yeah, too. We get, we get the whole letter. I know. Yeah. Okay. Tom just hands it over. It, yeah. It was a lot less love letter and a lot more assembly instructions for a rescue mission than I expected. But you know, uh, yeah, it seems that the so, rumors of Moraine's puddle gooiness are greatly exaggerated. So I. Yeah. The first of all, this has been like. 
This is like a five book payoff right here. Oh yeah, I know. yeah. Like what? What? It was. Uh, it was in the. Let's see. No, it was before. We're, we're, I'm trying to remember where they were when uh, when Lanfear and Moray got in their their fight. I think that was the end of Fires of Heaven. Yeah. So that was. That was six books ago. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, so the, this letter is from Maureen. It's for Tom. Mm-hmm. I think we knew that. Yeah. It was but, delivered by Rand to Tom, right? Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a little bit, you know, lovey-dovey, but mostly she's just saying, okay, I'm going to go get killed by Lanfear now, only I'm not really going to get killed. I'm going to be trapped. And you need to come on a rescue mission. It's got to be you and Matt and somebody else. Mm-hmm. Oh, and by the way, I'm trapped in the land of the foxes who like to make uh, clothing out of human skin. So, <laughs> sorry, guys. Yeah, no rush. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, it may not go well for you guys. She says in the letter, if there's any more or less than three people, and if you don't bring Matt, you're definitely going to die. And also, if you bring Matt and one other person, you might still die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and don't show Matt this letter until he asks for it. And so this is my theory why Tom has been mooning over it. He's just been reading it around Matt for like oh. months and months, waiting <laughs> to get Matt him. To ask. Yeah. <laughs> just hoping. And he's just like, oh, this letter. Oh, oh, oh what a, nothing, Matt. Oh. <laughs> what a letter. Oh, man. If only someone would ask me about this letter. <laughs> and that's just like, all right, I don't want to hear about your letter, man. <laughs> Even though we got a pretty funny email from someone once saying that the reason Matt is always noticing Tom reading it is because Tom was actually just trying to avoid interacting with Matt. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, I'm very busy reading my letter. Yeah, right sorry, now. busy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that they have to. Did she say the Tower of Genje or did? No, it was it was a uh, over. Wait, oh no, she. No, no, no. Hold on. Okay, so oh, yeah, so so Noel knows all about this, right? Yeah, Ulver so, brings it up because yeah. Bir- Birgit told him about. Yeah, it. they're like, oh, if only we knew a way to get there. And Ulver's like, oh yeah, the only way to get to the land of the Elfin Elfin is through the Tower of Genji. And they're like, what? And he's like, yeah, Birgitta said that that one time. Yeah, and Noel's like, you don't mean like the legendary Birgitta? And he's like. No. Right? <laughs> Over's like, come on, man. That, yeah, she's, yeah. She died but, a long time ago. Why don't you ask your cousin about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, it, the let, Maureen said that Matt would know how to get there, and Matt totally knows how to get there, because that was that was literally the first book, wasn't it? Yeah. Eye of the World. Yeah, they were they were going down the river with Bail Doma. Yeah. yeah. yeah He's Matt, conveniently there. Yeah, Matt's like, I don't remember where, how to get to there, but Bail Doma does. I was just <laughs> like, this is... Such a Tavarin conversation, you know? Yeah. Wasn't that a great payoff, though? Oh, I love it. I mm. so cool. love it. Yeah. yeah. Matt reveals his encounters with the Elfin and the Elfin, which uh, might actually make him the world's foremost uh, expert on interdimensional entities, you know? <laughs> like, who else knows as much as him? He's dealt with both of them, right? Right, yeah. I mean, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that's a good point, yeah. The way Matt does, right? Which is like, yeah. hey, I'm trying to get something done here. <laughs> who are you? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, it is. he finally opens up about his secrets to these guys, and you know, and, and Tom's like, "So, I mean, I'm going to go, even if you aren't. Although I'm certainly going to die if you don't go. No pressure." Mm-hmm. And and Matt agrees to go. Yeah, it's like an interdimensional heist coming together. Yeah, right. Because Matt is a big damn hero. Yeah. Do we know what he says? He says the pale leather harnesses the Ilfin wore; those seemed important. Oh, just because he, like he wanted them to know what he knows. You know, it's really super important that he should know, but he's probably forgotten. Is the whole thing about music and cold iron oh, yeah, or whatever? The They're like, oh yeah, don't don't bring these things that we super hate. Uh, I don't I don't know if Matt remembers <laughs> it. Why would I care oh, what you don't like? <laughs> don't answer my questions. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. I think he was just saying the talking about the harnesses to to emphasize the danger. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Basically, we're telling sharing what he what he knows. Um, yeah. But as soon as he's like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. The thunder and lightning strike. Yeah. yeah. But and then all the dice stop finally. And then the dice stop the, like, rolling. The 20th pair of dice that yeah. were rolling in his bum, head. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> yeah. 
uh, yeah, this got to me. This was like, this pow, this was good. Yeah, I know, I'm, this so good. I'm so into this. I, I hope they do it right now. I mean, like, I understand that it's, they've probably got other more important things to worry about right now than going on a like interdimensional heist. But like, man, it's, I, I want to see this. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. I'm I know. very excited about this. Right. I just wish the third person would be Brigitte. I think that'd be so great. Oh, that'd be great. She said it was a man, but I don't know that she knew it had to be a man or if she just was implying person. Sure, sure. But I think it seems like it's going to be Noel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Noel's like, hey, can I come along? I've never been to another dimension before. I mean, no, nobody has, and I'm certainly not Jane Farstrider, who's been to a lot of places. <laughs> so, that's it for this episode. Next time, we're going to cover chapters 11 through 15 of Knife of Dreams. I am Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That is Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Michael Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. And if you ask us a question, we may answer it on air. Please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. The, the light, light illumine you. you.